Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. On the mountain, in the valley, in the crowded streets, or the empty desert, in our hope, and in our waiting, we are never alone. God is I don't know how many of you are, are the kind that, you're the person that loves to give or receive gifts. You know, there's those two kinds of people. There's the people that, that re- you really just love to get gifts. How many of you are you're that person? Your favorite part about any kind of holiday, Christmas, your birthday, whatever, you love the, the time when it's your turn to open the presents. How many of you, that's you? You're, you love to get It's okay. That's okay if that's you, Okay. Okay, and now how many of you, you're the one that you love to give gifts? How many of you are the, you just love to give? And, and isn't there something special about when you get to give the gift that you know somebody has been wanting for a very long time? You just love that. And I, I, I love both. I love to give and I love to receive. You know, there's this thing called, the, you know, the, the love languages. I think I have four of the five of them, if that's okay. Um, I, I love the gifts part. Uh, I'm not going to go into those because there's kids present, uh, but we'll just leave that. I, I'm just uh, acts of service. I mean, I'm like, okay, thanks for doing that for me. I appreciate it, honey. Um, but that's her. She likes, and she likes affirmation, and I'm not great at affirmation, um, but I, I won't go into that. It has nothing to do with my sermon. Um, but I love both. I love to give, and I love to receive gifts, and I, and I love to give a gift when I know it's exactly what somebody wants. I love that. Now, my kids, I, I have three boys, um, and, and one of them is not the best at keeping secrets. When, when he knows that you're getting a gift, and he knows the gift, and his name, he's going to remain nameless, so his brothers better not poke at him or hit him or anything, um, he cannot keep a secret. And when he knows I or somebody is getting something, he goes, you want to know what you're going to get? I said, no, I don't. He goes, oh, okay, I'm not going to tell you. It's not this. And then he tells you, you just ruined it for me. And he does that with TV shows and all that stuff too. But you got to love him. You, know, you see, here's the thing. I, I think the inside each and every one of us, we do love to give gifts, don't we? There's just something about it that we love to give gifts. And I think that, that desire and that, that, that thing that's in our heart that loves to give gifts, I, I think that's from the Lord. Because God loves to give gifts too. But God is, is I, I like to keep them a secret. I love secrets. I love surprises. Um, God doesn't. He doesn't want that. He never wanted to keep his gift a surprise. He never wanted to keep it a secret. He always, from the moment he thought of it, he wanted to tell the entire world, this is the gift that I have for you. And it's the greatest gift ever. It's the gift of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And that is why we are here today, and that is what we celebrate on Christmas. It is Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, I thank you that we can all come and join together here, whether it's online or in person, Lord, I thank you. 
And God, I ask that you'd bless the service tonight. Lord, I ask that you would speak and encourage us. God, we thank you for sending Jesus as your son. Humble and in a manger. And Lord, as we um, continue with service tonight and as we continue with our celebration, Lord, I pray that our focus would be on you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, good evening and welcome to City View Church. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the pastor here at City View. And I just want to say thank you so much for choosing to join us this evening on our Christmas, our, for our Christmas Eve services. If you did not get a candle yet for our service, this is part of our service, um, raise your hand so the ushers can get you one because you'll need this later on. So if you didn't get one, just raise your hand and somebody will come and give you one this evening. It's for later. Um, but Merry Christmas, and, I, and I'm just, I'm thankful, and if you're joining us online, good evening and welcome to you. We've been in this series over the past month called God With Us, and we've been looking at how God is with us in the valleys, how God's with us in the wilderness, and how God is with us in the storms. And today as we close out the series, we're going to look at how God is with us always. He's always with us. There's never a moment or a time in our life when he's not with us. Even when we feel alone, even when we feel like he's non-existent, even when we feel like he doesn't care, he is still with us because that's who he is. That's what his name is. It's everything about him. He is with us. And over this last year, we have seen the importance of being with each other, haven't we? We have seen the need of personal contact. We have experienced this not being with people in a whole new way. How many of you have experienced Zoom video meetings in ways you never thought you'd have to in your life? I mean, they're annoying. How many of you hate them? I, first off, I've been doing Zoom meetings for a long time. I, I'm ADD. So if you, if I'm not in your presence, there's a good chance your video's on, you're looking at me, but my phone is right below the video, and I'm scrolling. Uh, there's a really good, so if, if you're ever in a meeting with me, be interesting. Um, because that's just the truth. Because um, I get bored or I need to take notes and that's, uh, whatever, I can't read my notes anyways. But we've had virtual meetings, virtual learning. I mean, I mean, I know some of you, your kids have been learning online and that's tough. That's not easy. I, have, I help some of my kids do their online stuff, and that's tough. We've had to learn a whole new way of, of learning online. We've had a, a whole new way of church online. I mean, it's like where we were forced into it. That was tough. And not only that, but how many of you experienced drive-by birthdays this year? Anybody in here? Where you couldn't, you didn't have a real birthday, you had a drive-by birthday where people just sort of waved at you like, hey, happy birthday. You're like, uh, where's the gift? Just drop off the gift. I don't care about the drive-by. Just where's the present? You can send me a gift card through a text now. It's super easy. Drive-by graduations. One thing that I think if any of us can take away this year, we've realized the importance of personal contact. You see, in God, so desires that. He put that in us, that desire of relationship, that desire of personal contact. Barna, this research group, did a study recently about people's mental health. I don't know how many of you read the article or saw it. But they, they asked uh, on those thousands and thousands of people about different things, about how their mental health is and, 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 and where they're at. And it was, it, they were asking people, it didn't matter what political group you were with or all the different things. And they found that the, the only people that had an uptick in their, in their mental health were people that were attending church in person. The only people. And that wasn't their main question. That was just one of many 
questions. How is your mental health? Every other category had a negative. Their mental health went down. The only people that had an uptick were those who were in church in person. So what does that tell you? It tells you something that there's something in us that, one, we need God. Two, we need each other. We need relationship. We crave relationship. And I know there's some of us that we can't do that right now, and we're joining online because there's just reasons that we can't, and I understand that. But, but we know that each and every one of us have this craving and this desire for relationship, and God put that in us. God loves relationship. He loves people. And there's something that happened in the garden back in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, where relationship was severed. In Genesis chapter 3, we learn about this relationship that God had with people. That God had with his people. It says in Genesis 3 verse 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I don't know how many of you just can picture that. Maybe you've gone on walks. You go hiking. My wife and I, we go hiking and and in a, in a hike, you don't, you don't know, normally have a plan on a, what you're going to do on a hike. Unless you're a, a dude and you're going to propose at the top of the mountain, you've got a plan. Then you're all sweaty and you're nervous. And the whole time you've got this anticipation, I hope I don't lose it, I won't say the wrong thing. Other than that, though, when you go on a hike, you just sort of are walking. And you're just talking. And you talk about whatever. You talk about life. You talk about the rock that you just passed. You talk about, I've, we hike Dean's Hill and there's always horse droppings, and I'm, I tell my wife, I'm like, I have never seen a horse on this mountain. You talk about those things? And so in my mind, that's what I picture this relationship with God was like, where God and Adam and Eve are just walking in the garden, and they're talking about life, and they're talking about the flowers, the plants, and God's like, so why'd you name that big gray thing a hippopotamus? And Adam's like, I don't know, I wanted a hippopotamus for Christmas. You, you know, I, I just, I, that's what I picture. And it says that on this day, the Lord, he, the Adam and Eve, they heard God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. But what did they do? They hid themselves. And God says to them, where are you? And Adam, from behind the bushes, he says, we hid because we were naked, because we're ashamed. And God says, who told you? What did you do? Did you eat from the tree? And Adam said, the lady, Eve, did it first. And Eve said, the serpent did it. He did it. And all of a sudden, it's this blame game. And from that moment on, the relationship between God and man was separated. And it was no longer, it wasn't a matter of Zoom meetings. It was this very impersonal relationship. And from that point on in history, God set out to pursue relationship with his people again. Because God so desired to have this one-on-one, -on -one, this walking in the garden, this, this, this craving to be with his people, to love his people, and to be with them always. And so God laid out this plan on how he's going to do it and what he's going to do. And he told Eve, he told Eve in the garden, he said, Eve... This serpent, one day, a child of yours, is going to stomp on that serpent's head and is going to destroy that serpent so that I can have a relationship with you again. 
And so God is laying out this plan of Adam and Eve and, and the history and all these things so that God could have that with us once again. You see, when you have a plan for something, especially when you have an enemy, you don't want to tell your enemy your plan. Why? Because then they might try to fight against you. You see, when you're in sports and you have two teams playing against each other, you don't tell the other team, hey, this is our first 10 plays. You don't tell them, we're going to run it up the middle, then we're going to throw a slant pass, and then we're going to throw a long one, and then we're going to run it over to the left. It's going you know, to be a little sweet. You don't tell them that. Because what are they going to do? They're going to know exactly how to defend against it. When you're, in, when you're playing basketball or whatever sport, you don't tell them this is exactly, we're going to toss it here, and he's going to shoot from this spot. That's our first play. That's the goal. You don't tell them because you don't want them to defend against it. But you see, God's different. God says, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do, exactly how I'm going to do it, exactly where I'm going to do it, and no matter what you do to stop me, you can't stop me. Nothing's going to get in the way of my plan to love my people and to have a relationship with them again. Nothing, no nothing. So all throughout Scripture, God laid out this plan, and he told us his plan. So that we would know that God did everything to have a relationship with us again. And this plan looked like this. He first told us in Genesis chapter 12 verse 3, God says, I want to bless the world. The entire world. Whether they believe in me or not, whether they'll love me one day or not, I want to bless them. And what he's going to bless us with is a son. It's Jesus Christ who, is going to, who died for us on a cross, and that's what God is going to bless us with. And so he lays out this plan, and he tells us, okay, this is where this Savior of the world is going to be born. This is where my gift is going to be delivered. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But as for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth from me to be a ruler in Israel, and his goings forth are from long ago and from the days of eternity. God said, here's the tracking number. Here's the tracking number of my child. You're, he's going to be in Bethlehem. I, I don't know how many of you love tracking numbers. How many of you love it when the gift you got has a tracking number so that you can follow it exactly where it's going to go? Any, anybody else, you love that part? Yeah, how many of you are, are chasing tracking numbers right now? And you're anxious and you're looking going, it's supposed to be at my house right now. I had something delivered to the house next door. I got the text that said it's delivered. The picture showed my neighbor's house. I just am so thankful they don't have a ring. So that when I went over there and took it, they didn't think I was stealing. Um, but I love tracking. God gives a tracking number. He says, this is exactly where it's going to be delivered. Bethlehem. And then he told us what's in the gift. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. When you buy a gift, how many of you, you before you buy it on Amazon, how many of you read the details about it? How many of you go that deep into it? You want to make sure it's exactly what you want. Now, there's some things that you're like, I know, it's Nikes. I just I want to get those shoes. But there's some things that you want to get. Now, my, my niece, I, my kids, I have three boys. I don't know how many nieces and nephews I have. But they all exchange names for Christmas. And um, so one of my sons got my little niece, Haley. If she's watching online, Haley, 
plug your ears because you're going to hear what your gift is. Um, she's only one and a half, so I highly doubt she even cares. Um, but so I'm looking, and I, I wanted to get her. I have, I have boys, so getting a girl something, it's like, wow, where do you get a girl? I got her one of those first purses with, like, a comb and the mirror and a, an iPhone. No longer flip phones. It has, like, an iPhone and makes noise and I don't know, all these things. But I wanted to read the details. Okay, what is everything in this little girl purse? And did all the moms like it? So I read all the v- reviews. And did you, anybody else like me and you do that? You see, God... For his son, he laid out the details. He says, here's the gift. It's, it's for a child. That's the gift. The child is going to be born. A son will be given. And the government, I don't know how many of you are just right now in our political season, you either are for or against, or maybe you're neutral. I don't know where you land. But we can be stressed out about it. God says, but you don't have to because the government, in the end, it rests on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. That's where it rests. It says, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be pretty decent counselor. I don't know how many of you have a counselor. I I have one. And when I looked for my counselor, I wanted to make sure that he had lots of certificates, and he can do what I want. I don't want to read it and says, 50% of my people survive. I don't want things on there like, yeah, I do a pretty good job. I'm okay in this area and this area, and yeah, I might be able to help you. I don't want to read that. I want to read on there, yeah, I've done all my research. I have all these degrees. I have all these certificates, and I am a wonderful counselor. God says, your counselor, your Savior Jesus, he's not okay. He's wonderful. He's not an okay God. He's a mighty God. That's who he is. He says, and he's an eternal father. He's not only going to be a father for part of the time, but forever. He's going to be somebody that leads you. And he's going to be your prince of peace. And I know many of us right now, we need peace in life. We need to know whether it's you're worried about school, you're worried about your job, you're worried about work, you're worried about your marriage, I don't know what you're worried about. But we can be worried about so many things. And God says, this gift that I'm giving you, he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father, and he is a prince of peace. But not only did God tell us where or what, but God told us how to find him. He wrote it in the scriptures, how to find him. It says in the Bible, it says in Luke that, that wise men, and we don't know how many, and all of your nativity sets, there's three guys. And if you ever look at them, they're, I've been to the Middle East. They're, they're not a bunch of white dudes, just so you know. But in every nativity, Laramie and I were looking at ours the other day. It's a whole bunch of white people, and then you have your one darker-skinned fellow. Your nativity should be all darker-skinned people, if you really have ever been anywhere outside of America, um, that's the Middle East. But, so you have, you have this nativity, you have these, in your house it's probably three people, but more than likely there's probably a crew of people. And these three, these, these men, these, these magi, these wise men are, are coming from this place called Persia. And what is believed, it's believed that while they were in Persia, while these people were raised in Persia, that, that they learned the stories of a guy named Daniel. And Daniel in the Bible was a man that he's got his own book. 
He's got uh, chapters written that he wrote about the history of the people of Israel when they were taken captive into Babylon, into Persia, Iraq area. And so he tells the stories, and you read his stories, but, but what, is, what is believed is that this man Daniel would, would pass along the stories of, of one day the Savior, this Messiah, this child would be born, and he would have shared the story that here's how you can find him. You're going to look for a star. How many of you saw the star this week? Anybody go out and look at the star? Whether that's the real Bethlehem star or not, I don't know. But it says in Numbers chapter 24, this is how you're going to find him. Numbers 24, verse 17, and I see him, but not now. And I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob. A scepter shall rise from Israel. And it's believed that these magi would have heard the stories of Daniel, would have said, okay, this is how you're going to know when the Messiah, the Savior of the world, comes. There's going to be this star, and it's going to be a different kind of star, any star that you've ever seen. And when you see that star, you know he's come. And so they would have seen that star, and that's why they set up and traveled to go and meet this child, like a GPS. How many of you love it when your Amazon package tells you how many stops away it is from your house. Anybody love that? Anybody ever see that? Did anybody not know that? That there are some packages you can go on, it says track my package, and it says nine stops away. My son over the summer, my youngest, he ordered a Lego set. And he says, Daddy, when is it going to get here? And I looked, and I'm like, well, actually, Ezra, it's nine stops away. So guess what Ezra and I did? We sat outside in the middle of summer with my iPad, and we watched that truck or car, whatever it was, Make nine stops before ours. And he's like, Daddy, when is it going to get here? I'm like, J J Ezra, just watch the star. Just watch the star. He's coming. He's coming. And then he's going to be at our house. I wanted to just drive to that, that car and find it because I knew where it, or about where it was. But God set up a star. He says, that's the GPS. My son will be there. And then he told us the purpose of this gift. He didn't just tell us where we'd find it or what it would be, or how to find it. But God told us the purpose, the purpose of this gift. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child, and she will bear a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. God with us. You see, that was God's plan from the moment Adam and Eve made that mistake in Genesis. He says, I desire to be with my people. I so desire to be with my people. I love my people. I do not want anything to separate me from them. And I know there's people in our world right now that they feel like everything is going against them to be with their people. We have, we have friends in other states right now that it's like lockdown. You can't go and see your friends and your family. Like nothing is going to keep me. Do you know those people? It's like nothing's going to keep me from seeing the ones that I love. Nothing is going to stop that. And that's God's heart too. Nothing was going to stop God from loving and being with his people people. And so he told the enemy, he says, hey devil, this is what I'm going to do. This is where he's going to be born, and this is how you're going to find him. But you can't stop me from being with my people. You might have tried to mess it up in Genesis, but you can't stop it. You might have put shame and all those things into the world, but you can't stop me from loving people. And so God tells us, this is my plan. And then, and then he shows us how the story lays out. 
as we come to the New Testament, you see all these, these scriptures that I read, the ones in Micah and Numbers and Isaiah, these are all prophecies that were written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus. You say, no, those were chants. Here's, here's the thing. I've been to Israel and I've been to Jordan. I've seen these, these scriptures, these papers, these scrolls called the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've seen them that were written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus. That were found by a shepherd who threw a rock into a cave and all of a sudden he heard the clay pot crash. And they find these scrolls. These, these verses that I read, these aren't just nice words that you might read in a book. These are prophecies that God told us ahead of time. So that when the Savior came, we knew it was him. And so God then says, as, as we come to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and God tells the story we see in Luke, that, that first God comes to Mary, this young 14, 15, 16-year-old girl. And he says, Mary, I know you've never been with a man, but you are going to have a child. You're going to be pregnant. It's by the Holy Spirit. It's by the power of God. And you're going to have a child. And so all of a sudden, Mary is pregnant. And then Joseph finds out. Joseph is her, her engaged, her, the soon-to-be husband. Joseph doesn't like that she's pregnant. He's like, I know it's not mine. And so God then comes to Joseph in a dream. He says, Joseph, I, I, have, so I have a job for you. He says, I need you to be the stepdad to my son. You see, I know that there's probably some stepdads in here. And you may think, what, what, what possibly could I do? Like, I'm just stepdad. I'm just like bonus dad. I'm extra dad. God gave the most important job in the world of raising his son to a stepdad. There's nothing more important than that. So you may think, what, what's, what's my role? Well, God went to a guy named Joseph and said, will you be my son's stepdad? You ever think about that? How amazing that is. And so here's how that story lays out. It says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, meaning engaged, they came together and she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, he, he didn't want to disgrace her, so he planned on sending her away secretly. But when he had considered this, meaning he made up his mind, I'm going to divorce, I'm going to send her away. And he had a dream, and an angel appeared to him and said this to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been born or conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will be, and he, or it says, she will bear a son, and you, Joseph, I want you to call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, behold, the virgin shall be with child, and she shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates God with us. This is where God lays it all out together. He says to Joseph and Mary, you're going to have a son. He says to Joseph, I, I want you to name him Jesus. And he's going to live up to his name. You see, names meant something. I, my name, if, if I were to live up to my name, my name Jeremiah means appointed by God. My last name Semler means baker of white bread. 
So if I lived up to the calling of my name, I am appointed by God to bake white bread. I have never baked white bread in my life. I am not living up to my name. And I'm so sorry to my parents who put so much thought into my name. No. You see, when God said, hey, I want you to name him Jesus. His name means Savior. He says, and he will live up to his name. He will save the world. And when Jesus comes, this allows what God wants, as it says in verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and she shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translates God with us. God with us. See, we realize how hard it has been to not be with our loved ones. God desires to be with you. Not just around you. Not just when times are hard. Not just in the valleys, on the wilderness, on the storms. But God desires to be with you always. Always. In the good and the bad and the most difficult. God desires to be with you always. He wants to never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus, he says this even at the end of his life. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28 verse 20, Jesus says, know this. Know this. I want you to know this. This is so important. That's why he says, know this. And like the, in like the New American, it says low, but we don't really use the word low. He says, know this. I am with you always even to the end of the age. And then as we come to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, we see again the heart of God, the desire of God to be with us. And it says in Revelation 21, verse 3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people, and he will live with them, and he will be, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. You see, God desires that relationship of walking in the garden, that relationship of one-on-one -on -one conversation, that relationship of being with us. God so desires that. And I know some of us, we've been fighting against God. We've been hurt by other people. You've been hurt by church. You've been hurt by whatever it is. Or maybe God's let you down. Maybe you lost a love and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you prayed. Or maybe you've been hurt by somebody. And you're like, God, if you're so loving, how could you let this happen? God didn't. Sin is what made it happen. Sin is what entered this world. And when the sin entered the world, it allowed sin, it allowed shame and hurt and pain. And God hated that. And that's why God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross, to be that gift each and every one of us need. And so God, from that moment Adam and Eve sinned, he laid out his plan. And he said, Satan, you might think you ruined it, but you can't stop me from loving people. You can't stop me from having a relationship with people. This is my plan. God with us. And I'm going to send my son, and he's going to be at this address on this day at this time. Go ahead and try to kill him because you can't. Because he's going to come, and he's going to save the people from their sins. That's what he's going to do. You can't stop it, devil. You can't keep me from loving people. You might have put a wedge in, but I'm going to break that down. 
I'm going to break it. Because this is God's heart and His plan from the beginning. Emmanuel, God with us. This is His hope. This is why we celebrate today. I mean, Santa's cool and all. Elf on the shelf is fun. But Jesus changed my life. Santa didn't. Politics didn't. I mean, it changes my life, I'll tell you that much. It makes me anxious and worried and angry and everything all in once it does that. But it didn't change my life, but it could. My job sure didn't. Jesus changed my life. He gives me hope for today and hope for tomorrow. He loves me when I'm not lovable. He's faithful when I'm not. He gives hope when I don't deserve it. He's good when I'm not good enough. And God said, here's my plan, my son. I desire to be with you, and that's why I'm sending my son. God with us. Emmanuel. It's about him. It's about Jesus as the gift. We celebrate today, it's about his love. It's about that relationship. It's about God with us. I know there's some of you in here tonight that maybe you have been pushing God away. You have not wanted Him to be part of your life. Maybe maybe you felt like He's hurt you. Maybe you felt like He's betrayed you. Maybe you felt like He went against you. Maybe maybe you felt like, like there's something you've done that He couldn't love you again. Maybe something was done to you and you're like, God, how could you ever love me? I don't know what it is, but there, there's a wall. There's a, a, you feel like there's this wall between you and God, and maybe you want it there, but He hates it. Maybe you feel like there's nothing that can get rid of it, but he can knock it down. There's no wall that's too strong or too high that God can't bust through. And God desires to be with you. And if you desire for him to be a part of your life, to change your life like he's changed mine, to set you free, to love you, to give you hope, to be faithful when you're not, to be loving when you're not lovable. If you desire that, I ask that you pray with me today. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for loving us. If, if you desire to ask Jesus in your heart, I ask that you pray with me this right now. Say, dear God, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. God, I, I don't know all of this stuff that this guy up here is talking about, but God, I want it. God, I want you to be with me. I'm sorry for all I've done. Please forgive me. Change my life. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you that you love us and that you desire to change our lives. Lord, I ask that you would do that. 
God, I ask that you would meet us in this room, Lord, that you would change Christmas forever. Lord, may we always remember that it's about you and not about gifts or anything else. It's about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, welcome to the family. If you, if you prayed that prayer tonight, I am so thankful for you. And God, I believe God is going to change your life and change your 2021. I believe that. You guys have a great weekend. God bless you, and I will see you next year. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.